blended family hotline. <laughs> I don't know what kind of struggle you're going through. I don't know what the situation may be, but you serve a mighty God. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the podcast. We're here with myself, Catherine, and two very special guests. Um, I just want to introduce Rick Rittering and his wife, Susan Rittering. Um, this this couple is amazing. This man is amazing. He is actually was my boss uh, where I work now. He's moved on to be a pastor of leadership, and he'll explain a little bit more about that as well, too. Um, but just want to say a couple words that, Rick, I'm so thankful that you're here. You've always been like that work dad and just that wisdom for me, um, you know, just in, in different areas of life. And I really appreciate everything you bring to the table. So I'm so thankful that you and Susan are able to be here with us today and share a little bit about yourself. So I want you guys to just introduce yourselves. Tell us how everything's going on right now how with, with quarantine and shelter in place and just just give us give us the update well it is so good to be with you julian and uh you and i are a perfect example of how a white Sox fan and a cubs fan could actually <laughs> along with you. that's so, right i'm you, still trying to convert you <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back with you and it's good to hear your voice man so um, you. I'm, I'm thankful that you invited susan and i to be on this this uh, podcast with you but we are doing well we are uh, hanging in there like so many other people. It seems like it's uh, wake up in the morning, get on your Zoom calls, whatever you got to do, yeah. go back to bed. You know, it's like one of those routine things. But for the most part, I don't think our life has changed too much, except the fact that our freedoms have been taken away a little bit. That we can't just do whatever we want right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Have you have you had a chance to take the the boat out lately or no? Not in the water yet. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> the weather hasn't actually been conducive to that anyway yeah but. yeah i know yeah. i'm just waiting for it to get better i was just saying now i was like i wish i could just escape to a, a warmer place for the rest of this but because this way it's like back and forth with everything every day mm-hmm. well we'll uh we'll have to get you and Catherine out there this summer sometime yeah that'd be awesome <laughs> thank you i can't wait man that was fun um, but yeah, so I want to, now that we know, um, a little bit about how you're doing right now, tell us a little bit about what you do, what both of you do and how you're involved in the church. Well, I'm a, I actually just do some volunteer work with the church. I am a mentor mom for our moms of littles, uh, program, which of course has, um, we've stopped meeting. So I have been trying to be creative and send encouraging notes to these mamas who have taken yeah. on the job teacher and, you know, um, homeschooler, some of them work, you know, full-time, part-time, things like that. Uh, I also am a mentor mom for a team mother choices group, and we've moved those meetings to Zoom calls and, um, again, just trying to stay connected and encourage them. And then I also run a small business, a training and development company, and uh, my primary client is one of the largest hospitals in Northwest Indiana. So all of my work there has... Uh, come to a halt, obviously, and appropriately. Uh, so hopefully we'll be picking that up again in June. So for me, Julian and Catherine, I have just been staying busy with house projects and painting and cleaning vents mm-hmm, and all kinds mm-hmm. of wonderful things. My house has never been 
more spotless and clean and we can't even have anybody over. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's the toughest part is just knowing you're locked in and, you know, but, you know, it's sometimes it's good. Sometimes people bring I, I've been trying to tell people to stop wearing their shoes when they come over for the longest time. So it's been I've, I've been good with that. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, I, and I got to say, Susan has a, a very strong work ethic. So for her to uh, say what she just said there, for me, I sit back and say, wow, I haven't done a thing. And she's done like 16 things <laughs> already, you know? So she's got a great work ethic, though. <laughs> Maybe why we're good together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what about you, Don Ricardo? What are you up to? <laughs> yeah, so, so I am a director of leadership development for a a larger church. We call ourselves Faith Church, and we always say that we're one church, and we have six locations. We mm. have five locations in Northwest Indiana and one in the south suburbs of Chicago. And my primary job is to fill a pipeline of potential leaders for the church. Awesome. And um, as we continue to grow, obviously, we need more and more leadership. Or yeah. if we decide that uh, the Lord is calling us to plant a new church. We're going to need new pastors and new worship leaders and new youth leaders and all those things. So that's my primary job is to do that. But I get involved with a lot of things at church. I'm an elder there. And so we get a lot involved, a lot with caring for others and uh, the discipleship of others and disciplining others and things like that too. So um, it's, it's a, it's a big task and the church is strong. We have uh, we've done some really great things online, and we're very very pleased that God has blessed us richly through this time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I I love that you are still doing what you've always done, and I I always say this like every day, and I tell Catherine I like just thinking back to when you were um, leading us in the office at Trinity, just the the way that you would uh, empower us to have that entrepreneurial spirit is something that like I will hold on to me in whatever I do. Um, and the funny story is is that before you ever hired me or anything like that, I actually was uh, referred to you to look over my resume just in general when I was still a student <laughs> and I always tell I you that, that <laughs> so to to know that that same resume that you kind of edited for me and everything I never touched it and after I uh, had gotten my job in, in Homewood I came back and used that same resume for you to hire me so <laughs> <laughs> well that's awesome so I must I must have given you good advice because yeah. we're Man. <laughs> yeah, you, you basically hired hired yourself there, man. <laughs> no, but I appreciate you and everything that you are doing now. Um, just how you're continuing to live into that calling of of leadership and just uh, building, you know, people up in those positions and continuing to to make the church stronger. That's awesome, and that's something now. I feel like even in these days when things like this are happening, we need more um, support in in those types of places and more people who can uh, take up the mantle in that, but that's, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear you guys are doing well. Um, and yeah, I want to, I want, I know we talked on the phone just about a lot of things and I know you, you have a lot of experience. I've, we've always had talks in your office about just different things. And, um, I want to get, I want to hit that topic of being a blended family. And because I always tend to forget that, you you are a blended family that you and Susan met a little bit later on in life and you brought together you brought both uh two kids with you each so can you tell us a little bit of backstory about yourselves um and leading up to that point 
Yeah, that's that's right, Julian. And uh, it's it's a we we count this as a very very dear story of blessing from God is what we count it as. And yeah. um, it's it's um, incredible incredible how the two of us were brought together over a, over our lives like this. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's just start. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about where I come from. Yeah. And then uh, I'm gonna I'll hand it over to Susan. She For can sure. tell us where she goes. And then we'll meet in the middle, and then we'll. We'll start branching off of that. I was yeah, raised. I was raised in the south suburbs of Chicago, and uh, my dad was a sheet metal worker. My mom was a stay-at-home mom for most of the time, and um, we had a beautiful little suburban lifestyle. And it was just a great place to grow up. I grew up in Calumet City, Illinois, and we are still very near and dear to all the neighbors that we had. Those of those those of them uh, that are still living. And we love each other very much as a bigger family. And so we were always taught these family values. And um, even inside my house, we were raised in a Christian home. And um, Grandma played the piano, and we would sing around the piano. And it was sort of the way we were raised. And we have a very deep faith in the Rittering bloodline. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's a jovial, fun family. Uh, it can be a little bit loud even at times when we're, <laughs> but but that's where I come from. I'm, I'm a public school kid. I grew up in public schools, went to public high school, public college, and public um, grad school. All those things. So it was just sort of a blue collar kind of a raising that I had. Yeah. But the Lord blessed me with so many great opportunities to have wonderful people in my life mm-hmm. who poured it along the way. And so I just remember of aunts and uncles and neighbors and friends and all these people who just poured into me and who saw something in me that I never saw and just continued to invest in, in who I was. That's awesome. And uh, ultimately, I, I graduated college. My first job out of uh, college, I worked for the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> basically, just, I just had to mention that, huh? <laughs> I worked in the public relations office and, and so forth, but I did that public relations consulting. After that, I got into publishing for six and a half years. Wow. I was a vice president of a bank for a while, and I spent almost 20 years, about 19 years in higher education at yeah. two great institutions. And uh, Trinity was the one uh, that was last, and that's where you and I met. Yeah. Definitely. So um, I was married for 21 years. I have two beautiful daughters. And uh, so at about year 20, my former wife was ready to call it quits, and it completely blew me away. I didn't know what to do. I I was confused because that's not how we do things in the Rittering family, and I was just confused because that's not how we do things in the church the way I was taught. And so it was just a very confusing time in my life, and... um, I got to a point where I asked my daughters, what do you think about dad dating again? Mm. And my, at the time she was about 14 or 15 years old. Her name is Allie. Allie said, dad, I, I can't see you being by yourself for the rest of your life. You're too outgoing. You yeah. need to... And Annie, who's about four years behind her said, I agree with Allie, whatever <laughs> Allie said, I agree with you. You got to do something. And so that's where I decided I was going to begin my dating venture and i i uh will pass the microphone over to susan because i want to let her bring yeah. bring us up a story about that same time for sure for sure 
So I was um, born and raised in the city of Chicago over there in Cubs territory. Yes, that's where I live. (laughs) My grandma was a huge Cubs fan. She used to travel around to see them play. We have pictures of her with Ernie Banks in Houston and things like that. So um, lots of great memories of the Cubs and, and growing up in the city. I really came from a small family. My father was uh, came here from Germany when he was 11 and uh, married my mom, who was born and raised in Chicago as well. We didn't have a lot of extended family members. Uh, went to public schools, including Lane Technical High School in Chicago, and uh, went on to Ravo College of Design, where I pursued my love of fashion and decorating and things like that. I then married my high school sweetheart. And uh, we started a family right away. I was at the young age of 21 when I had my Mm -hmm. first child. And uh, we had two kids during the eight years that we were married together. Unfortunately, it was not a a good marriage. We'll put it at that. Not an environment for any of us. And certainly uh, ended in, in divorce and having to walk away from that. Um, At that time, I really didn't have experience with uh, religion or faith or things like that. My parents, my father was Roman Catholic. My mother was Lutheran. Then she became a Jehovah's Witness. Then she Mm. was something. It was just very confusing. And at age, I remember being told, like, you're you're old enough to make your own decision about what you want to believe. So I always believed that there was a God, but I didn't really understand the the different aspects of it. And so I lived my life that way. But when we got to this point of separating and getting divorced, here I was with uh, my two young children. I was 29 years old and had a seven and four-year-old. And it was during that time that uh, we were part of a Christian parent co-op where some people had been reaching out and and trying to introduce us to God and support us in, in the best way that they could. And I had a very dear friend who was consistently witnessing and praying for me. Mm-hmm. And so in December of 1992, I gave my life to Jesus Christ in the hardest point of my life to that point yeah. and really had an incredible transformation and experience of knowing the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's awesome. So as the divorce, we were in the process of the divorce, uh, I really turned to God and and really just surrendered and said, you know, clung to his word that he's a father to the fatherless, that he is a husband to those who don't have one and he cares for them. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I spent the next 15 years of my life as a single mom, really raising my boys wow. with Jesus and depending on him and just cultivating um, my understanding of the word and worship and prayer and was really blessed to be part of some great communities of, um, of church families who really walked alongside of me and my boys and, and and really filled in the gaps for us. And, and we're really Jesus, you know, Jesus with skin on, I'll say it that way. Yeah. I've just through that. So during that time, I actually had a little home business that I was running. Then I had a a retail career, and then I ended up in temporary staffing where I spent 14 years of my career starting out um, at a very entry-level position, and at the end of my career was an area director. And when I was getting ready to leave after Rick and I were married, 
we had had our final acquisition and we became a billion dollar organization. Wow. Wow. We started with $20 million. And when I left, we were a billion dollar wow. organization. That is awesome. So I really navigated that world of having a career, being a single mom, um, being strong, you know, in my commitments to church and with church family mm. being our family at that time. So when my boys, I had made this, um, I guess, covenant with the Lord. And I said, you know, Lord, we're going to get through this. And when my boys get to be old enough and Nicholas turns 18, I will still be young enough to be able to pursue my own life and, Mm. uh, you know, pray for a husband for years and years. And here we were at 18, Nick was turning 18 and it was like, Mm. oh, what does this look like now? (laughs) (laughs) I had dates since high school. (laughs) What does this look like? So uh, I joined eHarmony. Okay, okay, uh, online dating, here we go. (laughs) Well, online dating, which was so different, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But uh, it was really such a great experience to go through that uh, signing up at eHarmony. They take you through about 100 questions at that time. This is some years back now. You really, it really made me think about what was important to me. Mm. What are the values? that I'm looking for in another human being to share my life with? What are my own personal values? What are the things I bring to the table? What do I need? And it it was really such a great process to be able to get to a point to understand myself a little bit better, as well as what, you know, what God might have for me and a mate. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, And I knew, I knew exactly what I was looking for, Julie. And I was looking for a (laughs) A blonde woman from German heritage who had two boys. Oh, please, Rick. You're, 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 Rick, your, your daughters probably helped you. They probably redid, redid whatever you had written down there. <laughs> but but serious oh. question, who did, who did did you do it on your own, Rick, or did, did you have your daughters help you with it or anybody help you with your profile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. It's, it's actually sort of a funny story because, when I had that conversation with the girls, I had already been looking a little bit about how do you do this? And I had the yeah. website up and Annie, the younger one actually said, she told her older sister, she said, Allie, I think dad's looking at eHarmony or something. <laughs> and so they already had sort of a, they already knew that I was doing it, Yeah. but, um, but I hadn't really pursued it until I got their permission, if you will. And wow. uh, so I think it's really cool how Susan's story mm-hmm. and how my story we now are beginning in the process of like, it's only like two two rivers or two paths mm. coming together into one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love how both of you have such a different story about how you found the Lord and how you found that relationship with Jesus, and just the time after you after you got divorced and you both spent time really like it sounds like grieving the relationship, but also growing in what you needed to grow in and not just, you know, jumping back into dating. Um, and so I, I don't know, maybe both of you individually can talk about like how you felt God's hand start to guide you when, you know, when you met and when you started dating and then eventually till you got married. Yeah. So I um, highly endorse the book by Dr. Henry Cloud. It's called Boundaries in Dating. Mm. Okay. Um, I would encourage anybody who hears this. It's it's a older book now, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Boundaries in Dating specifically, as I read this book, 
It said, when you're coming out of a bad relationship or a broken relationship, mm. don't don't just jump into something immediately because, you know, we always, all of us have heard about the rebound relationships, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so Henry Cloud says, you really need to just go out, no fancy dinners, nothing, you know, not a big cash outlay. Just go have coffee, mm. maybe breakfast with a bunch of people from the opposite sex and just have conversations that are at at an adult level. Yeah. And and he recommended that a guy my age um, who just did what I did, that I meet up to 20 people before I decide on one. Oh, wow. Wow. And I said to myself, 20? Are you crazy? I'm going to be about 68 years old by the time (laughs) that happens. You know? And so I, uh, (laughs) I began the journey of doing that. And, uh, it was, it was an interesting thing. And I met a lot of very nice people. Um, there were a couple that I went on a second or a third, um, date or whatever you want to call it, lunch, whatever you want to call it, breakfast. Brunch. And, (laughs) but ultimately Susan and I, we met for our first breakfast and she was number 11. Wow. Wow. Lucky number 11. Well, so, so quick little side note what can you both remember what you had for breakfast in front of each other for the first time <laughs> no <laughs> well so I, I, probably i do because i eat the same thing for breakfast every day <laughs> yeah. so. oh man I, I i think it's interesting also to note that rick and i were matched in march and I distinctly remember that I would get the match. I would take a look at the individual and I'm, I'm kind of black and white. Like mm. it's either move forward or not. Yeah. Like I don't, <laughs> don't usually waver in the middle on things, Yeah. but I remember his profile coming up and I actually was involved with another individual who was um, going to school in Colorado to become a pastor. Oh, wow. And so when I looked at Rick's profile, I knew that I wanted to explore this other relationship a little bit further, but yet I put him on hold instead of closing him out. Mm. And when we look back now, I remember doing it and remember saying like, oh, why did I do that? Why didn't I just close him out? Yeah. And I just felt like the Lord was like, no, just just leave it. It's good. And it's so interesting now to to hear each other's story during that time is that Rick really still needed more time to get out there, meet some more people. I was this relationship with this gentleman who was going to school to become a pastor was really an important relationship for my spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. And when that ended which was so fascinating to me because God had totally prepared my heart, but not my mind for it. Wow. When it ended, I really wasn't surprised. I really wasn't, it was like, okay, mm. um, that time has come to an end. And I remember going back onto eHarmony and, and, and scrolling through and reaching out to Rick. And that was the beginning of June now. So he had had several months to do his uh, breakfast, lunch, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and sent him a message like, hey, are you still out there? Any interest in getting to know each other? And we spent 
the whole month actually of June, really communicating through eHarmony and learning about one another. And I just remember this sense of excitement when we finally decided that we were going to meet. It was, I felt like it was such a God thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. A couple of my friends who were my accountability partners were really praying along with me, um, you know, for God to reveal who he had for me. Mm-hmm. It was really an exciting thing. And when we met that morning at, in the parking lot, it was, uh, it was just an amazing spark, I think. And we just, we, our first date was eight hours. What? Yeah. <laughs> Rick, you had to work. You had to do a whole work day. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm such an irresistible fellow, you know. <laughs> it's like it's like a, it's like a real life. You've got mail. Exactly. <laughs> that is awesome. Eight, well, I think eight hours though. What eight like? Hours. So the only reason. Go the ahead. only reason we stopped is because she had to go back to the other guy, and they that's when they sort of cut off their uh, relationship. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is, that's so awesome to, like, just see, like Catherine was saying, too, just see two separate things. And, Rick, you saying just two, two separate people on different wavelengths almost, like, flowing into the same one and then and going forward. And that I, I love that because it just shows, like, when and we talked about this with somebody else too but it's almost as if when you think you arrive in life sometimes you haven't even started yet you know like you you both were married at one point you had kids and and to some people like they wait a whole lifetime or that's their goal in life like just to have that one but without realizing like god may have something totally different down the line that you haven't even scratched the surface of yet and all it took was e-harmony to come into your life Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't think there are many people who stand at that altar when the pastor is is asking them, "Do you take this person?" I don't think there are many people who who do that thinking in their mind that it's going to end in a yeah. divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, n- not at all. Not at all. And, and either just, of us did that in our mind. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And Catherine, I and like I told you on the phone too, and she can share a little bit about it, but she's kind of uh, like from a blended family. Her mom went through the same um, thing as you, Susan, where she had two sons as well, and then she met Catherine's father later on in life, and um, Catherine is the product of her mom and her father um, later. But, um, but yeah, Catherine, can you, like, tell us a little bit about that so they kind of know that story a little bit from what you know? Yeah, so um, my mom was in a marriage, and um, so when she left that, she had my brothers. I think when um, my mom and my dad got married, they were 15 and 13, so I'm not sure how old they oh. were when – when my mom was going through that divorce, but yeah, um, obviously, you know, I didn't get to see much of that, but I know that, um, that definitely something both of my brothers, um, struggle with is, is that relationship with their dad and, and just my dad kind of coming in and becoming, becoming that loving father figure to them, um, has been challenging and healing, Um, so I would love if you guys could really hit on like, Susan, what was it like to be a mother to Rick's daughters and Rick, what was it like to be a father to Susan's sons? And, and maybe start with like, like what you guys did to prepare for that moment. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that is the the, the question of the day, right? I mean, mm-hmm. because, you know, you see more and more families are blending in today's world, mm-hmm. in today's society, right? Yeah. And so we, we completely, sometimes when we're sitting, like we just had our, our 12th anniversary. Congratulations. Sometimes, sometimes as we sit down and we re- reflect about the things and how God has been good through our marriage and some of the things that we'd like to be better at in our marriage, um, we always come back to how how blessed we feel that when it all comes down to it, our kids who range in age now from age 24 to 35, mm-hmm. they actually call each other brother and sister and they yeah. love each other very dearly. And so that is one of the biggest blessings of, of our lives. Mm-hmm. But it didn't just happen miraculously overnight. No. It, it, was, it was a lot, a lot of work. So... Well, I, I sometimes say to Susan, it, it's really hard because when I came into the boys' lives, by the way, their names are Chad and Nick. When I came into Chad's and Nick's lives, they were men. Yeah. You know, so 18 wow. and probably 21, 22. Mm-hmm. So, so I was, they're men, right? Mm-hmm. They're men. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first time I met them, I walked up the, the sidewalk at Susan's home. And <laughs> I could just picture you. Guys, guys i mean they're they're just they're brutes man like one of them's a bodybuilder and one of them's like a fire plug you know yeah. and i and i and i my first line to them that i ever said to them was what are you guys the bouncers <laughs> oh lord rick <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i said and and that broke the ice they wow. immediately laughed and they they shook my hand and they welcomed me and so we had to start off on that but mm. i I think it comes back to the fact that I've got to be true to who I am in God. Mm. And Susan had to be true in who she was as God. Yeah. If we truly trust that God is putting this together in a marriage, then who do we become as one in God? Wow. Yeah. And so here we are now, right? We're, we're introducing them for the first time. Mm-hmm. And we had them over to my house at the time for dinner. Yeah, and the four of them are sitting around the table, and the two of us. <laughs> everybody's looking at each other, saying, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" You know, they don't quite know what to say. They're yeah. awkward, and so in my own like dad humor, I guess I said, "Hey, it's really great that we're all together. You know, why don't we just go around the room and say, if this was your last meal, what would you want to eat for?" It's <laughs> 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 just to break the ice, you know. Yeah. And they still laugh about that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to break the ice, and I think that's one of the, the most critical things as far as kids are kids' age. Now, the younger ones, it's a little different, but yeah. we had to break the ice. We had to show that we were just real people, mm-hmm. and they're just real people. Yeah. And we all have brokenness, all six of us. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And then, Susan, what was that experience like for you? Um, you know, like just knowing what you had been through, what knowing, you know, your sons are older and, you know, they are there, they understand probably the, the circumstances now, even, even more just being older at that time. But what was that like for you to have maybe what, like have a talk with them, like saying, Hey, I'm going to introduce you to another man that I'm trusting for the first time to like, maybe be that father figure someday. It, it was difficult, and to be honest with you, I, they had never met any other guy yeah. before Rick that wow. I had dated. 
they were very, very protective of me. Mm. And every time I did go on a date, they wanted to see a picture. They wanted to know where <laughs> I was going or check out what I was wearing. They were, they were hilarious. Yeah. But we were the three musketeers yeah. and, and this was a big change for them because they had really been the focus of my attention up until this point. Mm. However, they really did support me in, you know, continuing on and picking up and, and, and finding somebody. So I think it was, it was difficult on a lot of levels, although during our dating experience, they certainly observed how happy I was and Mm -hmm. sort of new energy that I, I had in a spark, you know, they used to call me a school girl because I would come like, Oh, Rick sent me this email today. And they would be just look at each other like, Oh my goodness. She's like a school girl, like, you know, head over heels in love. It's really funny to look back at it now and and think about it. Um, But getting everybody together was certainly, I I think, stressful for me because you're, like I, I'm pretty sure that I want to spend my life with this person, and I think that this is where God has led us to. But what is this really going to look like? Mm. How do we take these two completely different experiences uh, and and bring them together? I mean, Rick's lived in a very traditional. They had a very traditional home, very yeah. traditional setup. You know, his wife stayed home and took care of all the details. You know, was with the children. Yeah. She worked part-time jobs. I was a, a single parent working full-time. And so how do you bring that all together under the same mm. roof? It's really an overwhelming thought, to be honest with you. Yeah. But we prayed. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed <laughs> <laughs> and, and just listened for guidance from the Holy Spirit because he's the only one who knows, wow. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's I, I wish I could say it was seamless and in, in that we all came together like the Brady Bunch, if mm. you even know who they are. Yeah. Um, oh, I know the Brady Bunch. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, we certainly had challenges. Uh, I, for me as well, I had two brothers. I had nephews. I had cousins. I didn't have a lot of girls in my life. Yeah. So the thought of becoming a mom to two teenage girls was... <laughs> It was a little, it was a little overwhelming. Yeah. Scary, to be honest with you. Although, again, for me, it comes to the place where I think our thoughts and our faith intersect with one another. And look, either I believe God brought me to this place and to these people, and this is where he's leading me, or I don't. And if, if I believe this is where he's leading me to, then I have to trust him to yeah. be my guide. Right. He had been so incredibly faithful during my single parenting years that he certainly wasn't going to be like, hey, good job. Okay, let me know how this works out for you. Yeah. You know, that's not who he is. He's faithful. Exactly. Definitely. Faithful. Wow. I'll share a quick story, if I may. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we went just been married, and I was in the kitchen, and the girls were upstairs, and they were having an argument over a brush in the bathroom. <laughs> And I was at the sink and I'm doing my little dishes and all that. And I remember thinking, this will be over in a couple minutes. They'll <laughs> shove each other. I'll hear jerk. And then they'll be like, hey, you want to go play baseball? <laughs> That's how boys work things yeah, out, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like going on for like 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm out of my league. What do I do? Do I go to Walgreens? Do I buy two new brushes? Do I dare go up there? Like, do I just go for a drive. <laughs> I remember it was so funny. It was such a, an 
I think such a point for me that I was like, yeah, you don't have this. You need God. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Were were there, were there any points for both of you? This is a question for both of you. Like what, what is it when you get into that situation, now your family is getting closer and now, you know, you're, you're around the kids a lot more. Um, Like, is there, is there a moment of, of being hesitant towards like, you know, going up there and maybe like kind of, Hey, girls you know having that talk with you know you you're not maybe their biological mother but you are becoming this mother figure um you know how how do you step in in those situations maybe for both of you like rick with the boys and then susan you with the girls yeah i i definitely think there was some hesitation on my part i um like i just said earlier i i now was a stepdad of men Mm. you know and so a lot of the things that they had already learned a lot of the things. So if anything, I was there to be a consultant in many ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was a little bit different. And so we had Nick moved in with us. Chad was a college student. Mm. So he lived, he lived at the dorms. But when Nick, li- when Nick moved in with us, it was a little bit hard for me because yeah. I had a 18 or a 19 year old kid or man moving in. And I couldn't just say, Nick, get in your room right now. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't work that way. (laughs) Also, but there were often times that it would cause me hesitation or even sometimes frustration because Mm -hmm. I was outside of my, um, my power. I I couldn't do things, but yet I wanted to be friends with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so so how do I keep the peace? But yet, how do I draw a line? And there were times where we would sit on the you know couch, and Susan and Nick and I, or other people with us, and we would have conversations about things. And there were hard times when other people would hurt their feelings or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Yeah. But it was almost like I, I played the role of consultant. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I think some of my hesitation came from. I I just didn't have young boys any on. on this case. Yeah. I, I think what I would say is that initially, I think Rick and I both agreed that we, we knew the importance and the value of building a relationship with the kids. Mm. And we knew the importance of, of not disrespecting the other parent. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, I didn't want to disrespect their mom. Rick didn't want to disrespect their dad. Yeah, yeah. It took some time to navigate and really come to terms with what your role was mm-hmm. uh, or, or will be or how it will unfold, I guess, is a better way to say it. Um, but it certainly was difficult. And I think if we look back that one of the regrets that we have and feel that we could have done differently was maybe spending a little bit more time talking about our different parenting styles Mm -hmm. and, and think about it from my perspective, 15 years, I've been the parent. My kids went to see their dad, maybe two weekends a month. Rick's girls were going back and forth one week with their mom, one week with us. So there, that was a little bit more balanced, but I had really been the only person who spoke into my kids. And, and so now to have somebody else coming in to do that was, was difficult, but I think we really learned how to respect one another's parenting styles Mm -hmm. and just say, these are your children. You can, you know, you can 
continue in that way and I'll do my best to support that. And for me, it was hard sometimes to just, you know, say, okay, yeah, I'm going to trust that he's going to give the best advice. I'm going to trust that. I didn't have that trusting relationship Mm -hmm. with their dad. He certainly did not give them any solid, (laughs) any solid advice. I promise you that. (laughs) So I think that's one of the things that as we look back and think we should have probably talked about that a little bit more. Yeah. And in like navigating those new roles, um, what sort of like damaging thoughts about yourself did you like sort of face in those times where maybe you had a little bit of hesitancy or doubt or even fear? Mm-hmm. And you're still parents now too. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. how is it the same? Is it the same as what it would have been then? Or is that a continuing thing? No, I, I, I think uh, now it's because they're all adults. And now we're, we are truly consultants to them now. <laughs> now, whereas I maybe felt it before. Now I'm really, truly a consultant to them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but the, the damaging thoughts that Catherine's asking about is that I, I walked this fine line because I knew my girls had gone through a tough time and dads are the protectors in many ways. Mm-hmm. I wanted to protect them as best as I could so that they were going to grow up in a way that they understood what I valued, but also um, to help them understand what they valued mm-hmm. and, and do that in a safe environment. Yeah. And so I walked, I walked on that side, but then on the other side, I was playing the, the idea of consultant with these, these other guys. Now, Chad went to Purdue where I worked mm-hmm. and we oh, had, wow. well, we had wonderful conversations. He'd come to my office and he'd come in and, We'd sit for an hour, hour and a half sometimes. He, sometimes he'd bring his lunch, and we'd sit and eat lunch, and we'd <laughs> talk about beers. And and I loved those times. Yeah. I really um, But then as graduations happen and things, we sort of lost touch with that a little bit. Yeah. So now we see each other a little bit more on holidays and things like that. No doubt in my mind do our kids still come to our direct parent, their direct parent. Mm. In other words, if Chad has something to, to, to determine or a decision to make, or if Nick has a decision to make, they call Susan before they call me. Wow. Yeah. No doubt about it. And I think the girls do the same with me, <laughs> you know, so we're, we're in many ways, we're like that supporting voice. That's yeah. why Susan and I have to be really good in communication too, so that if Susan says, Chad, here's what I think you should do, oftentimes she'll say, let me ask Rick what he would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so so, so he, that way Chad is hearing the male voice too. Mm. That's good. That's good. I, I have to give Susan all the kudos, though, because she's very, a very direct communicator and she's very um, thoughtful in her approach. And she's, mm. very good, she's a very good question asker. Yeah. And I think when you raise kids... You have to, especially at that age, you have to ask really good questions to really get to the the motive of why are they doing this or why are they trying to make a decision? Mm. Yeah, I think it it really takes a lot of intentionality. Yeah. I think people don't always stop and think about the small things that matter. It's we might be a blended family, but Rick and I are husband and wife mm. and we want to still present a united front. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it was hard for me. I was in, I was 
a very independent, self-sufficient woman. And navigating these waters were, was really hard for me at times. I remember thinking, like, God, what, is, what have you done to me? What did I get to do? Like, it just was so much easier when I could do what I wanted to do. How do I surrender to be a wife, but also surrender to your way of marriage and, and that taking on those biblical roles of husband and wife and submitting and, you know, mm-hmm. really taking that time to say what's best for our family, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of couples miss that. Yeah. They don't, they think like, what's best for your girls? What's best for my kids? What? Mm. No, he really took that approach of what's best for our family. All people considered didn't happen the first year. Didn't happen the second year. <clears throat> it happened over time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think that, there's always those times that those doubts come in and, and you feel like, you know, you're on opposite ends of the spectrum and mm-hmm. what you're doing, but it's really about praying and asking God to bring you back together, to bring you unity in the Holy Spirit and having, sitting down and having those difficult conversations with one another. And then I, I would say Rick has been really great with situations with the girls that they've come to them and they've come to him and he's been like, let me chat with Susan about it. Let me just talk to her, you know, before I commit to this and financial matters or prom dress budgets and, you know, those (laughs) things which seem so unimportant, but yet they are really important in our day-to-day life together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I really, I, what, what Susan just said there is probably the best nugget of advice Mm right now for people listening who are either thinking of blending a family or are already in a blended family. Mm-hmm. Because I think communication, communication, communication is the thing that has to happen with a spouse, with the spouses mm-hmm. and, and groundwork has to be built off of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it cannot be, you know, us against them. It mm-hmm. cannot be. That. that is not how God created marriage. That's not how a family should run. Mm. That's good. Yeah. And I love that you said unity, Susan, because that's exactly what I was, the word that was coming to my head too, when you were describing, you know, it wasn't just his kids. It wasn't just my kids, but it was our family. And I love that because I think it's so easy when you do come in, you know, with, with, um, you know, your kids and his kids that it's so easy to keep that separation, but like you said, that's not, you know, marriage is about that unity. Mm-hmm. And that's something in my family, like my mom was like, your brothers are not your half brothers or your stepbrothers. <laughs> like they are, they are your brothers. So we never use that term and they never called my dad their stepdad. It was always dad or Frank or mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Um, and her mom's name is Susan. As yes. Well. <laughs> which is funny. So yeah, just, you know, bringing your family together and really being intentional about being one and not, not being, you know, one against the other, but you know, you're, you're together against whatever the situation is that's coming, you know, out at you. Um, and so, you know, navigating that and keeping yourselves really united in that way, what has been your true North as a couple, as individuals and as a bigger family? Well, I, I think Susan has said, this in so many words already up until this point, but this, this has not been like super easy every single day either. Mm, You know, there, there are still, there are still some stresses here. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I think the true north is always Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes the twenty four hour rule is really important too. Where if you have something <laughs> to talk about and you have opposite ends of the spectrum, you're both. You need to say, okay, let's take twenty four hours and come back together and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes sometimes we're really good at that, and sometimes we're not really good at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. But that twenty four hour rule gives you a clear head, makes you gives you time to pray about it, think about it, and then you typically will come back with better thoughts so that the two of you can make a decision mm. better together. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, some of the some of the things that have gone on through our time is just I think most of them come down to time spent or money spent. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, we already spent that much money for X kid. <laughs> How are we going to do that with this kid? You know, blah, blah. And, and so that is always very difficult yeah. to, to think about. Yeah. But I have to say, I keep, I keep giving my wife a lot of kudos here. She has been, she's a very generous person as well. And she's very open-minded over the years about certain things. Mm. Um, way more open-minded than I probably have been. Yeah. So it's it's really really important that both people be open minded to hearing the other person's perspective and what Susan said earlier is making the best decision that's that's best for the family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and we've created we've created memories together with family and we've had vacations with families and we have a blast with our family mm-hmm. and Recently, we went downtown and we went to uh, that organization called Pinstripes, and we bowled together and played yeah. bocce, and we just had a blast with our family. It's been it's been fun, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget when one of my daughters said to me, "Dad, I always wanted a big brother, and now I have two. Wow, mm-hmm. that's awesome! And, and that's an incredible feeling as a dad mm-hmm. to yeah. know that wow, we must be doing something right. Um, and and it's fun too because sometimes they they talk about things before we talk about them, and we think we're in the know, but they've already they've already talked about things. <laughs> yep. And that can be a little eye opening. We Ali was getting married, and I called Nick to kind of update him on things, and he goes, "Oh, I already know I'm on the VIP list." And I was like, <laughs> "You knew before I did." And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and I, it was so funny because I really caught myself like, "Oh, I'm a little offended by this," and then on the flip. <laughs> at Rick and I was like, that is a victory. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's awesome. That is. Awesome. Wow. That's so good. I think that it really comes down to uh, some important questions that we can ask ourselves. Um, when you're trying to blend a family, you have to remember that this might not be your child, but it is your spouse's child. Yeah. You might have to say, if this were my child, how would I handle it? Mm. And, and look at it that they might not be your child, but they are your family. Yes. If you took a covenant to build a life with the, you know, your spouse, then you took a covenant for that family, mm. right? And that's really important to remember as Christians that that's God has us in these situations for a reason. He chose for me to be a stepmom to those girls. He mm. chose Rick to be a husband to me and a step father to my boys mm. and we have to treat that carefully yeah. and, and realize the precious call that comes with that 
because Jesus is in the ministry of reconciliation to mm. himself. Yes. Right? He wants to reconcile people to himself. Mm. And through our love and the grace that we show that others see him inside of us. Mm-hmm. And that applies to the family. Wow. First and foremost, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so Love good. Your first, I think your marriage mm-hmm. and then your family. It's mm-hmm. your husband, you know, his husband and wife. And you have to wrestle through some pretty hard things. It, it certainly isn't for the faint of heart. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you, you guys have heard the idea of some things are caught and some things are taught, right? Mm. Oh, You've heard tell, that before. Tell, tell me a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can I can sit and teach you something as if I'm your teacher mm. or your mentor, but sometimes things are caught because people are observing you. Mm. And so that's what I think Susan's talking about too, is, is that if we're modeling a united marriage front, well, they're going to catch that. Mm. And hopefully that when, when they go down the aisle, which some of our kids have, they say, well, I want to be like that. That's the model I want to look at. Mm -hmm. But that Susan and I, we've got to model the idea that how, how uh, God has for marriage and the idea of, we are a model of his church Mm. because the church is his bride. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if we model that, they catch it, they model it, and it, it, it sort of starts a new tradition and maybe some of that brokenness that both of them have felt, you know, both sides, hopefully that goes away. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. That's good. So along with all of that, we, we've, you know, we've learned, I, I've learned a lot more about you. And I remember, Rick, when you first told me this story, like, again, when you don't give people the space to share or even just simply ask like you you don't know what they've been through or what they're going through or wh- how they got to where they are now but when you first told me that story I just thought it was so interesting I'm like man I want to write a movie about that someday but <laughs> but you guys you guys just sharing this right now um it, it there's so much truth in what you're saying I think not only for blended families but for families in general for people in relationships in general um, there's something that a lot of people can take away from this so if you had to leave some some last words of affirmation if if you because we always say we, we don't we're not in the business of self-help we're here to just walk with with everybody um on this podcast and just in life but um what would you say what would your words of affirmation your advice be to somebody who walk who's listening to and maybe can take away from a bits and pieces or the whole thing stay in the game that'd be my first uh encouragement because the game doesn't go away after 24 hours or a month, Mm. if you truly are a blended family and you've said, I do, you are a blended family Mm. for the rest of your life. Mm. And so stay in the game and, uh, you know, keep running, keep running. And you are definitely going to make mistakes, but don't just, just don't look at them as mistakes. Look at, look at them as learning opportunities. So what did, what did I learn from that mistake? Mm. How could I have done it better? Do I owe somebody an apology? Do I need to say I'm sorry, Mm. you know, and be humble, be humble that way. But I would say, stay in the game, be all that you can be 
in your Lord Jesus Christ yes. and know exactly his calling upon your life and be true to that. Mm. Mm, that's good. I think for me it would be to really trust trust God, trust your relationship with him. When I'm out of sorts or I need that, you know, true north, as you call it, mm-hmm. it's, it's time to worship and pray. Yeah. Get back to to the center, to, to what is really what defines my life and mm-hmm. who I'm called to be. I, I think that's the first thing. The second thing is, I think we have to be willing and able to take a long, hard look in the mirror. Yeah. And not be so judgmental of everybody else and what everybody else can be doing for mm-hmm. situations to change. Mm. I think we have to look hard in the mirror and say, Lord, what is it about me that we need to be working on? Yeah. Don't be above or too proud to go and get counseling. Mm-hmm. I go to counseling. I go at different stages of my life. I'm never ashamed of that. I think it's the best thing I ever do for me mm-hmm. is see my counselor. Yeah. Uh, and I think that what it does for me is it helps me to gain a different perspective on somebody who can hold me accountable to be who I say that I want to be mm-hmm. and what God on my heart of who to be, but are my actions really showing that? Yeah. Wow. And I think just really work hard to keep your communication with your spouse Mm-hmm. in regards to how you're going to run and operate your family. Yeah. And then do your best to incorporate traditions on both sides of the table. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've brought traditions to the family. They've brought traditions and we have, there's never been that like, well, this is how we do it. It's mm-hmm. always, Hey, we're going to introduce this. This is something we've always done. We'd like to include you. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's what you've always done. We want to be included in that. So it's yeah. that inclusiveness as well. So good. And if I just might add too, yeah. Don't, don't forget about your marriage while you're doing yeah, this. Absolutely. Either. <laughs> you know, so you got you got to invest in the marriage too, and and carve out time for just the two of you. And you know, very rarely, very very rarely, do we miss Friday date night. Yeah. Friday date night, we so always true. do something. That's mm-hmm. good. And and so I just totally, you got to do that, even in the midst of blending. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. That's something I'm hearing more and more from like, you know, couples who are really growing in Christ or just whatever, like trying to stay, um, trying to stay close in that way is that you always, you need a date night. You need to make intentional time for each other and growing as husband and wife, not parent or not, you know, worker or job or whatever it is, but like your covenant together. And I love that. I love that so much. Absolutely. And to build on that, Catherine, I think having boundaries in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're not going to talk about the problems we have with our kids tonight. We're mm-hmm. going to focus on how you're feeling, how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. We, again, it's that intentionality. That's wow. so good. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. I see. I see. A, I see a book uh, co-authored by you two in the future. <laughs> You know, okay. I'm, I'm speaking. I'm we've, we've, we've thought about that because some of the challenges we've gone through, I, I believe that we do, we would be able to help others who are blending families. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. And I really mean that. Like I would definitely, um, just encourage you, you know, you've always encouraged me and I think we, we, you know, it doesn't matter what, what the age is, what, whatever it is. Like, I want to encourage you to do that because I feel like your story 
is um, it strengthens it strengthens me. Like, you know, I until I met Catherine, I was really going through that time of like, what can I do? What do I need to do between me and God to be the best, the right person for the right person? Um, and even though I was never married before, but, you know, going through pain of relationships is still pain, you know, and um, growing from it is still a very real thing in a long road. And and it really never ends. And, and that's why... Um, um, you know, that that the walk after falling has always been in my heart because it derives from just just that pain of, you know, feeling like I've fallen short or I did the wrong things or I I failed in this relationship or that. But I'm just going to keep walking and keep my eyes on, on what God has for me and what he wants me to be. Um, so I love that. And I just want to encourage you two to continue to share that story. And we thank you so much for mm-hmm. for being here. It's never uh, it's never a dull moment talking with you, Rick. And then Susan. Thank you so much for just being on here and being vulnerable and doing it together. I think that's what it means to really uh, tell a beautiful story when you can share both sides of it. Um, But where can people connect with you? Like, where would you want people to connect with you if they want to reach out to you? What's the best method of doing that? If you'd like to connect through LinkedIn and certainly ask a question through LinkedIn. Otherwise, if you want to send a direct question, you can certainly send it to Susan at northstar360.com and Susan will field all of our questions for us and then we'll respond back in an appropriate fashion. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. This was, this was so good. Um, I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this, whether they're thinking about uh, being in a blended family, like you said, or they're in one or just starting a family in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much. This was great. This was great. Thank well, you for it, having it's us. It's been a pleasure absolutely. being with you, and and I and I'm just so grateful that you reached out to me, Julie. Yeah, absolutely, man. You're you're part of the reason that you know you, the when I first started this, it was like you know who are the people in my life that have really um, just. Uh, been soul giving and we always use that term soul giving friends or just people who have been feeding us in those ways um, and you've always been that person for me so I, I've definitely you you are one of the biggest reasons why I started this and why I continue to just you know live that entrepreneurial spirit like I said and mm-hmm. and keep going forward in, in a lot of ways in my life and and asking for wisdom sitting down and asking people and, and uh, inviting those people to speak life and into into me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I encourage people to do that and have those people around them for sure. And I, uh, thank you for that. And Catherine, grace and mercy to you. If you got to deal with Julian all the time, (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm teaching him well. He's, but he is, he's so patient with me. So I, I appreciate him very much. (laughs) Uh, I love Julian. Julian, you're one of my favorite people. And I'm just so, so grateful that God put our paths together at Trinity Christian College. Yeah, me too. Me too. Absolutely. I love them. I know. I know. I told you it was going to be such a good uh, just talk and conversation. And he's somebody who, because my dad was living in Florida at the time, he just reminds me so much of my dad. They have Mm -hmm. that laugh and and that passion. They both call you bro. I know. (laughs) But that's what I love because it's real and it's, and that's a relationship, man. And that is somebody who I will always, um, treasure every piece of advice that he gives me. Mm -hmm. I remember walking in his office and he knows where my heart is and where I'm coming from. And I can be frustrated. I can be whatever I am. And he doesn't, uh, uh, 
judge me for it. Mm-hmm. He, he approaches it with love all the time. And that is what people need in their lives. Mm-hmm. So I just am so thankful for them. And I remember he always asked me to teach Susan some, uh, some Spanish dancing when we were <laughs> at uh, a coworker's wedding before. So I got to meet her in, in person a couple times and she is, uh, just hearing her talk and share her side. Um, was so empowering. I feel like mm-hmm. even, even, and it doesn't matter if it's, uh, the, from the female side or the male side, like I feel like a lot of their stories can be empowering to anybody mm-hmm. and what they go through. And I just love how God used them. Like, uh, you know, a dad and two daughters and a mom and two sons, mm-hmm. like how much more perfect can God be mm-hmm. in that situation? Mm-hmm. And even though they're walking through things, he is still perfecting them daily and daily. And that's what he's doing for all of us. So mm-hmm. It was awesome. I could mm-hmm. talk all day. <laughs> he, he gives me energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just appreciate that. But uh, yeah, guys, if you really enjoyed that, email us at we study walking at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, we study walking. And what do you have to give them for the week? Have a beautiful, energetic, and blessed week. Here. We're gonna get there Take my hand